I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. We've talked a lot lately about uh, affordable housing, what's happening in different communities, the pressures uh, for cost increases. And Salt Lake City has been seeing its own trend uh, towards this idea of gentrification, this idea of poor urban areas uh, get kind of transformed and changed over as wealthier people move in. They improve the housing. They attract new business. Uh, and a lot of times that's at the expense of the current current inhabitants who are kind of priced out of the market uh, and moved out. And so this is an interesting challenge for us, uh, especially as we continue to grow, as we have an influx of people coming into the state and that demand on housing continues to go. So we're going to kind of get beyond the headlines of all of this and uh, really pleased to be joined now by Dr. David Simpson, uh, who's a visiting professor of urban planning at Brigham Young University. Uh, prior to joining BYU this year, Dr. Simpson was chair of the School of Urban and Public Affairs at the University of Louisville. And he joins us on the line now. Dr. Simpson, thanks for coming on today. Oh, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, you've been one of those who's dug deep into what this is and how this goes. Obviously, we have a lot of pressures here, not just in Salt Lake City, but around the state of Utah. And as you've looked at this, as you kind of see this playing out, what are some of the things that you're noticing? What are some of the things that we should be thinking about? Well, uh, you know, when you think about what most people don't understand is once an area is built, it's in a, it, it then is in a constant state of decline unless it, it's uh, dealt with otherwise. So, I mean, every neighborhood that gets built will age and will, will require, um, you know, upkeep and, and investment. And so uh, every neighborhood will experience decline. And then as some of these neighborhoods become uh, more and more uh, in need of improvement, uh, when there are external pressures in the market, uh, as certainly in the Wasatch Valley, we see so much uh, uh, pressure as people come in to find affordable housing. We look to infill and we look to these areas that can be improved. And so that that is very good in one sense that we're improving the housing stock. And on the other hand, as, as you've mentioned, and as I'm sure you've discussed on the show, this displaces people that are in those homes. And then you've got a secondary problem in that while people may be able to afford them now that you're displacing people that were in them before and we need to find places for those. Yeah. And that did. So it is kind of this, uh, uh, rings and ripples, uh, going out as you uh, display some of those that are currently in those homes and then suddenly they're out, they need to find places, uh, and all the other places are now uh, in demand as well as, as that demand increases. 
Uh, from your experience, uh, have you seen places around the country who have done this well, or are there some places that uh, Utah can turn for some examples? I think Atlanta's dealt with it well. There's some other uh, metro areas that um, have have dealt with it in successful ways, and I think the way Salt Lake is approaching it is is the best possible. They've they've teamed with uh, the University of Utah and the University of California Berkeley on this year-long study, and and they're going to delve into the neighborhoods themselves without just kind of looking at what other people are doing, but rather finding out what's going to work here. And that's critical uh, because you want the neighborhoods and the community to be involved in that process so that it's uh, it's a meaningful change and that you're accounting for uh, the the inequality or the, the the possibility of displacing people that uh, were in those homes and doing it in a way that has a plan. So the places that have been most successful deal with it, not only in terms of how do we improve an area, but how do we uh, improve access to the affordable housing that are for people that are being displaced from that area. Uh, that's an important part of the the process. Uh, if you're just joining us, we have Dr. David Simpson on the line with us. He's a visiting professor of urban planning at Brigham Young University. And uh, I, I really wanted to kind of get into this element of we, we hear a lot of these examples of as that demand increases in some of these areas uh, that you do see things where, you know, people are just, you know, buying a house knowing they're just going to bulldoze the house. Uh, they just want the <laughs> the land so that they can <laughs> erect a new house on it. Uh, and and is the answer kind of this uh, this uh, approach that Salt Lake is taking in terms of uh, really making sure you're getting some good mixed and balanced communities out of it? Oh, definitely the mix is important. Uh, it creates uh, diversity and and gets away from um, having just uh, uh, homogeneous neighborhoods. And I, I think diversity is important. Um, I think in general, you know, we see this pressure in urban uh, environments where when there's uh, housing shortages, people will drive until they can afford the house. Well, what that does is create outskirts and scattershot development that then just creates an enormous amount of traffic congestion and and um, the inability to actually get around the area. So uh, from a sustainability perspective, from uh, a walkability perspective, any way that we can utilize existing infrastructure that's there – um, is cheaper in the long run and uh, certainly is easier on our livability as we move forward. Oh, that's so important. And uh, one last question before I let you go. Uh, what is what is something that we're not talking about or something that as you look at it, think, oh, I wish we were having this conversation or are we, you know, are we kind of seeing around the corner that there's some of these other things that are coming our way? Well, I think the the conversation that I've I've been made aware of is the uh, accessible dwelling unit uh, ordinances that communities are implementing, where uh, mother-in-law units or or you know uh, in Louisville we call them carriage house uh, rentals, uh, and the alternatives that are there to utilize existing housing stock in ways that we maybe aren't doing enough of, and so. Uh, there, there could be solutions that are not just building new buildings, uh, although that's part of it, uh, but there, there may be existing uses and conversions of um, buildings that we're not uh, thinking of right now. Uh, great insight, and uh, this is one we're going to have to continue to, to deal with. And again, I think Salt Lake City is doing some things that are really important in terms of really how they're approaching that planning and uh, going beyond just kind of the uh, allowing that gentrification to just 
happen and uh, move without really looking at the ripple effect of, of everything that takes place. Uh, again, so grateful to have uh, Dr. David Simpson, uh, visiting professor from Ur- of urban planning at Brigham Young University, uh, was part of the uh, was chair of the School of Urban and Public Affairs at the University of Louisville. Uh, Dr. Simpson, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you. Uh, that, that's just uh, this is going to be a conversation we're going to continue to have here in the state of Utah as we talk about affordable housing and how our communities are constructed. And do we allow that gentrification of where these uh, so many of these places just end up, you know, kind of rolling over uh, character of a, of a poor urban area gets transformed as wealthier people move in. They improve the housing. Uh, as I mentioned, a lot of times they're just buying a house uh, don't even want it they don't even want an an inspection on the house because they're just going to bulldoze it and then of course new houses pop up new businesses are attracted uh, and often that uh, comes at the expense of those that currently live there displaces the current inhabitants in those areas so then you have kind of the fallout of that of uh, those who then can't afford uh, where they go next and uh, it does become that ripple effect so so much to continue to to think about uh, in terms of planning as Utah continues to do well, as it continues to attract uh, people from around the country uh, to come here, to work here, to live here. And uh, that's something we're going to have to continue to monitor and make sure uh, that we're planning appropriately. I think it's one of the real tests of leadership is do you have the ability to see around corners and look off into the distance and make decisions not just for the short term, Uh, But for the long-term success, uh, that's what we actually have to get to. Well, that wraps up hour number one of Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. We'll step aside for top of the hour news. When we come back, we're going to look at the science of gratitude and much more in hour number two. Stay with us right here on KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.